Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink, the most brinkaliciously awesomely awesome podcast this side of Mount Wellington as we bring you episode 36 of The Brinkalicious Podcast that you know and love. We've got a massively huge episode for you this week as we do every single week. We're going to finally bring you a bit of a teaser of The Brink Unleashed 7, got a bit of a release date and some news in terms of that as well as some great new content. We've got a a guest joining us that we haven't heard from in quite some time, so uh, stay tuned for that in this episode. But just a couple of things to touch on before we get into the swing of things. Sadly, uh, of course, uh, today, actually, the passing of Les Murray, the great Australian football broadcaster, the voice of Australian football, he uh, sadly passed away today, age 71. And we have put up on our feed our interview we did with the great man back in 2014 we were going to include that in this episode but we thought we'd put it up separately just for you to enjoy it uh so you don't have to go through the rest of this rubbish probably doesn't really fit the tone too well of this episode as well so uh for all you fans out there of les murray uh sadly passed away today you can hear our chat with him from 2014 just uh if you do head to our facebook page or just subscribe onto our feed on itunes you can find that there and i just want to spend a special shout out to all our listeners throughout the week we had uh, great downloads during the week one of our highest rated episodes yet and a special shout out must go to those listening to us in greece in india a couple of uh, new countries joining the ranks there of uh, brinkalicious fans and a uh, shout out to our london listeners too uh, not often we get too many in the uk but uh big cheerio to everybody over there in london listening to us so a uh, big shout out there and uh Thank you very much for your ongoing support. We very much appreciate it here on The Brink. That's part of the episode to talk to New Zealand. It's Nick Chester, the entire country apparently in one person. Hello, Nick. Welcome back to The Brink. I'm four million people pushing to one. That's a good achievement. <laughs> I heard that's what you're into. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to have <laughs> you here, Nick, uh, as always, to find out what's happening in the land of the long white cloud. Now, I, I want to bring back something in just a moment from kind of... Uh, when we first started having you on the show. But just another thing, like, we, we like to find out what's happening in your beautiful country each week. And, you know, as always, we hope that there's something in the news. And as often is the case, nothing really happens in New Zealand. But uh, I, I did go into our favourite Google machine, uh, typed in New Zealand, and I've got an article here. Last week, I think we had, uh, what, seven things that could improve New Zealand by 2020 or something like that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, on stuff.co.nz. I found another article here on stuff.co.nz. Um, to me, they're kind of like the news.com.au, it seems, of uh, New Zealand. Um, but this is small New Zealand towns that deserve more of your time. Now, this actually was only posted uh, very recently. And, of course, you took me to several uh, small little towns on your beautiful country when I visited you, Nick. So uh, these are towns, and I want you to tell me if you've heard of these. Now, this first one you've obviously heard of because you took me here. It's uh, Perora. Per- How do you say it? Uh, Parora. 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 Thank you. Right, okay. So they say here that um, that 90s TV ad was right. It ain't famous for its Hollywood mansions, Harbour Bridge, bright lights or fast bowlers, but it's famous. World famous in New Zealand and obviously because of uh, LMP. So this, this is a town that I've actually been to. So, I mean, I guess you would agree with that being on this list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely... I mean, the LMP thing makes it a, a bit more famous than it, than it probably should be. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice little town, I guess. There you go. Uh, here's another one called Gore. Uh, have you heard of Gore before? Yeah, I've been to Gore. It was the coldest place I've ever been in my life. It was. <laughs> I got up and it was it was four degrees, and um, it just stayed at four degrees all day. Right. Um, it hosts the New Zealand Gold Guitar Awards. Um, there you go. 
yeah. Is that like your country music awards or what is that? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you have country music in New Zealand? <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing you do, Ben. It's probably not that funny. I probably just offended the country. Um, Taihape? Taihape? The gumboot capital? Yeah. The gumboot capital of New Zealand. Uh, have you visited yeah, there before? Gum- <laughs> yeah, they do gumboot throwing there, I think. That's, you know, it's uh, kind of like the shop, except you use a gumboot because <laughs> it's New Zealand, you know. Right. When you're not using them with the sheep and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Yep, cool. All right, great. I've, I've really researched this because there's all places that I can't pronounce. Um, Nagara Wahai, Nagara, <laughs> help me here. Narawahia, Narawahia, which is uh, sure. just down the. There's, there's just down the road from where I live um, here in the Waikato, so it's um, it's quite famous because it's the the home of the Maori king. So he he lives there, um, and it's uh, it's just a small little town really, but it's it's kind of getting quite big. Um, because of the growth and stuff, and people people tend to live there and drive to Auckland or drive to Hamilton for work. So, um, yeah, it's it's a pretty small place, but because uh, because of the whole Māori King thing, it's it's kind of a little bit famous. And is the Māori King a good guy, uh, or do we like him, or not like him, or can't we say? No, or... I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't really be able to give you a a, um, a good opinion because I don't really know. Um, it's not something that's that we kind of talk about a lot in, in day-to-day kind of uh, conversations in New Zealand, if I'm being honest. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. Um, the next one here is uh, Oamaru. Um, Amaru? Uh, Omaru. Yep. Omaru, that yep. too. Uh, I mean, that looks down, like a nice town here. Island. Yeah, down in the South Island. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a nice little town. I, I, I can't say I've been there a whole lot, uh, probably just driving through when I've been doing road trips down the South Island. But, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a nice enough place from what I've seen. There's yellow-eyed penguins there. Thought to be one of the rarest penguin species in the world at a place called Bushy Beach. There you go. Um, Moraki? Moraki? Moraki, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's where the boulders are. Um, Sure. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't say here. If it does, I'm not reading it properly. Uh, Tinal settlement that requires a slight detour detour off north of Otago. Um, oh yes, no, that's it. so. There's, it's a bit famous because it's uh, there's a beach there with these big, massive um, boulders um, that people go and visit. Um, yeah, so I've been there. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I would have called it a town. I would have thought it was just a, a bit of beach. But <laughs> there you go. I'm learning something. There you go. You are. Uh, next one here, Murchison. I can pronounce that one. <laughs> well, yep. you know Murchison well. Um, it's not somewhere I've ever been. It's gotten a little bit uh, more coverage because um, with the earthquakes, people are having to drive through there where they normally wouldn't have. Um, but um, one of the things about Murchison is that uh, for those that were Survivor New Zealand followers, is uh, that's where Lee from Survivor New Zealand's from. He ah. lives in Murchison. Right, I'm really having Danny Verks on this uh, list. Um, oh, no, Danny Verks. Yeah, Al- Alexandra, um, Central Otago Town. Uh, do we know much about Alexandra? Uh, it's not somewhere I've ever been, but it's one of those places that in the winter it's like, you know, five degrees colder than everywhere else. And in summer it's like 10 degrees warmer than everywhere else. It's, um, I think it's pretty picturesque. It's uh, that kind of uh, central Otago is a pretty nice place to go and visit because it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a nice looking place. All right. Moateke? Mochueka. And I, yeah. I, sorry, I've got myself a little bit confused there because Mochueka is actually where Lee's from. Um, I knew it started with an M. Um, yeah, so that's that's right up the top of the of uh, the South Island. Um, yeah, and that's supposed to be a, a pretty nice place. I think it's not somewhere I've been though. Cool. All right, and uh, Cheviot is the last one here. 
Yeah, yep. So that's in Canterbury. Um, so it's a bit of a rural town. And um, again, for Survivor New Zealand fans, that's where um, dear Lou is from, who got oh. medevac. That's, that's where she's from. So, poor yeah. Lou, poor Lou. Look at you knowing your New Zealand towns. You know your country well. Um, I, lo- I love the comments not- on these articles. <laughs> Just like, people get so oh, angry. Lives in a small town who's pissed off because their, their little town didn't make the list. Yeah, give me a city any day from Moses. Uh, somebody with the name, ooh, says, Def miss some up north. Warkworth and Matakana are nice and Russell and many more, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. What was yeah, that, the nice little beach you. place we went to? I like that. was a nice little town. Oh, uh, Waihee. Yeah. Um, no, we didn't go to Waihee. We, we, oh, no, we went to, um, yeah, I know what you mean. We I get like the sausage and the fish and chips and... Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what yep. I'm talking about. Good, good to see our yep. trip was memorable, Nick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not Fung Matai. Well, I've got Fung, just anything with an F and PH. Fung or Fung that's, uh, yeah, Fung That's where we went. There yep. you go. Look at me knowing my New Zealand knowledge. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Thanks to stuff.co.nz for that. I'm sure I can find 10 towns in Tasmania to visit because we've only got about six. So they'll make another four up. Um now, Nick, I wanted to bring this back because I, I was cleaning my room out the other day, found a little book that I purchased when I was with you. Of course, uh, this is when we first got you on the show when uh, when I was in New Zealand, and um, the book I purchased uh, was Favourite New Zealand Jokes About Australians by Katrina Power. Uh, now, again, you would think any decent podcast host would go through and research and pick the good ones out, um, but I haven't because I'm lazy. So, again, apologies if you're a long-term listener to this show. Uh, I pity you. You really shouldn't be listening to it that long. It's dangerous for your health. But uh, if I repeat any of these, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And, again, Nick, have you, have you met any New Zealanders since we first read this that really have a thing about finding jokes about Australians? Because it kind of it went down to the – didn't it come down to, like, you think we're poor or something like that or dumb or something along those lines? Uh, yeah, I think so. That was the the general impression I got. They were almost like blonde jokes, but with the word blonde replaced by Australian. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't even. This is like all kinds of offensive, and it kind of paints. I don't know what this paints in any picture. What do you call an Australian baby in a pram? Uh, go go on. Mules on wheels. <laughs> What? Oh, that's oh, okay. So that's that's Dingo ate the baby thing. I think. Oh, right. Ha 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 ha. Get it? You know, because a baby died. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not getting involved in that. There was all that racism accusations during um, uh, uh, Amazing Race Australia, New Zealand. Anyway, um, how? Oh, this is again. I don't know if I'm reading the right ones here. This is yeah. Anyway, how many Aussie blokes does it take to change a light bulb? How many? None. That's women's work. Uh, oh, God. Come <laughs> off it. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Move, she, moving right along. Sheila went to her father in great distress. Dad, I'm pregnant, she said. Hang on a minute, said he. Let's not panic. Are you sure it's yours? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? An Australian couple won a million dollars in lotto. Although they were both thrilled, the wife had one concern. What about all the begging letters, honey? She asked her husband. Just keep sending them, he replied. Like, what? That's not even funny. <laughs> That's your, your exaggeration from the, the joke. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, what does the Loch Ness Monster have in common with an intelligent, sensitive Aussie? 
Um, they don't exist. Yeah, pretty much. Some people believe they exist, but no one's seen either. Um, all right, these are these. Are, I really need to like find. What's the worst thing about Australia? Um, it's cl- too close to New Zealand. It's above sea level. Uh, oh, okay. yep. this, this joke is from okay I don't know if you ever remember the classic Kevin Bacon movie The Air Up There uh, this is like one of these jokes that you can basically change to fit any location why right. do birds yeah. fly upside down over Australia it's something about shitting on them it's not, not worth, worth shitting on, on. yep yeah. um, why can't you give an Aussie more than 10 minutes for lunch um, Why not? If you did, you'd have to retrain him. Right. Yeah. The funniest thing about this book is that somebody actually convinced you to pay money to buy it. That's <laughs> that's, the, that's the best joke. And it wasn't that cheap either. I think it was expensive. <laughs> I should have gone for the New Zealand slang book that was right next to it. But no, I thought this would be funny. Oh, this would give us great material on podcasts for years and we forget about it. Uh, the great Aussie game hunter was stalking the jungles of Africa, looking for lions and tigers to shoot, when he stumbled across a beautiful woman lying naked in clearing. Wow, he said, are you game? She gave a seductive smile and said, why, yes, I am. So he shot her. So he shot her. Yeah. All right, I think we need to end this with a long one here. Um, okay, bear with me for this one. I, I, I have not read how this ends, so I'm, I'm learning this at the same time as you. Bruce was very excited about the upcoming test series, and when he began feeling unwell, was so concerned that he might miss the big event that he decided to see a doctor. The doctor gave Bruce a thorough examination and solemnly informed him that he had long-standing and advanced prostate problems, and the only cure was testicular removal. No way, doc, replied Bruce, as he left to seek a second opinion. The second doctor gave Bruce the same diagnosis and also advised him that testicular removal was the only cure. Poor Bruce was devastated, but he decided to get one last opinion. The doctor examined him and said, Bruce, I'm afraid you have serious prostate problems. What's the cure then, doc? Asked Bruce, hoping this time for a different answer. The doctor said as gently as he could, Bruce, we're going to have to cut off your balls. Phew, thank God for that, said Bruce. Those other bastards wanted to take my test tickets off me. Oh, come uh, off it. Testicular, uh, testicular. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you should, shouldn't have gone for a long one. Shit. Who is this woman? Katrina Power. Is she a comedian, an author? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's been run out of the country. Yeah. Both countries. It actually, it advertises in the back of this book, The Butte Little Book of New Zealand Slang. By Harry Orsman and Des Hurley. Uh, any listeners who want to send that to me. Um, <laughs> all right, this one's, yeah. Last one, I'll, I'll close this off. What do you call a beautiful, intelligent woman in Australia? A uh, New Zealander on holiday or something? A tourist. <laughs> yeah, I was close. But um, boom. All right, Nick, uh, we didn't really talk to you. Anything else going on in your life you want to share? <laughs> uh, I just kind of just told no, you jokes for pretty- 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's that's okay. They were they were pretty bad jokes anyway. Yeah. So nothing at all in your life that you want to talk about. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think we're good. Cool. How are the dogs? They're good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're good. Yeah. Nick and I have yeah. officially run out of things to talk about in our friendship. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is, this is the most <laughs> awkward ending to an interview ever. But you know. <laughs> On that note, Nick, it's always fun. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs> you will indeed. <laughs> 
that time of the show where we get the man that comes on every now and then, but he's on again this week because we love him. Uh, it's Joshua Shoebridge. Josh, uh, welcome back to the show that you helped create. I love touching things that I've created, except for things that <laughs> fall into a toilet. I really, I really, bad. wow, that's that could be conceived as very inappropriate. It says you have like children, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> wow, this show just went dark. No, 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 just just on that, <laughs> just on that, you've actually touched a nerve right there. So today we get the school newsletter, and it says um, the school will be doing a uh, was it a child protection and sexuality course. From grades kindergarten to six. Right. And I've gone, okay, let's read on. And it goes, kindergartners will be learning how the reproductive system works. Like When I was in kindergarten, I was eating sand out of the sandpit. <laughs> I didn't know how a baby was starting. I remember in grade six asking my teacher what masturbation was because it sounded interesting. I still don't know what masturbation is. Uh, what is that? I've never heard that word before. Um, you know, you know, the funny thing is, is that, uh, look, I, I'm not a parent. I don't know what age they should be learning it at. For all I know, I, look, I fucking don't know how old kids are. I look at your kid and say, oh, he can drink, have a beer. Like, I, I really can't tell the ages of kids anyway but i can't remember you came to you came to we met in high school we've told the story on air before good old newtown yes. high in hobart tasmania uh you came in grade nine um i remember doing sexual education once in high school it was in grade seven we had a health teacher called mr stewart who used to stand up the front of the, uh, the class and say kids don't smoke smoking's bad while he had a pack of smokes in the back of his uh jeans um, but yeah, I vaguely remember him telling us like doing a bit there. I remember doing it every year in primary school, but it's kind of interesting to think just in sexual education in general, I don't even remember doing it post grade seven. So I'm not educated, Josh. I'm, I maybe need to come to school again. I don't, what, what is sex? I, I, I think your virginity has probably grown back, Ben, but, um, <laughs> well, you won't find me disagreeing with that at the moment, Josh, but, 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 but saying as, as a married man, mine grew back six months ago. Your, yours, um, yours grew back the day after the honeymoon. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> so I'm going to, I've got a story to tell. I'll tell the story oh, after, but, no, but, but. <laughs> No, I think it's. Just, I think we need to get away from sex education. So hey, look, the, why not? Two two bros chatting on a podcast, like you know, no one's listening to this anyway. We can talk about what we want. <laughs> that's exactly right. It, it, it's funny. My wargaming podcast gets about seven hundred listens an episode in the first forty eight hours. That scares me. But anyway, uh, the story is <laughs> okay. I was saying. So uh, for for our honeymoon, Amy and I went on a, on a cruise, and we went with. Uh, we were on the Voyager of the Sea, fantastic cruise ship. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's the best holiday I've ever had. And not because it was my honeymoon, but anyway. Uh, it, we, they did this thing one night, and it was called the Game of Love. And the cruise director was like, had like the whole auditorium was packed out. I was like, at least a thousand people in this in auditorium. And he was like, okay, uh, uh, we want the, the, the shortest term married couple on this vessel who's been who's like the newlyweds on this vessel and there's this lady who was like right near the stage and she, she put her hand we got married two months ago and i've gone oh i know naomi's gonna hate me for this yesterday 
and it's like you guys are up. So Naomi went up in there, and they had a a twenty five uh, year and a, and a fifty year uh, couple come up, and they were asking questions like, because uh, they had a seated back to back, so we couldn't see our a partner it was like the one question was like um when does your partner want to make whoopee like what time of day uh what is your partner wearing currently uh what is the name of your uh partner's last ex and if on a desert island uh would you rather be with your wife or a stripper or sorry no if you're on desert island would you like to be with a nun or a stripper so he's he's asking all these questions and, he, and like you write them all down and he was going over taking everyone's uh, answers and like for like the X X one and it was like who is your partner's ex bitch <laughs> yep there's some animosity there um, like making all the all all the jokes up and um, when he came up to me he's like when <laughs> when does your partner want to make whoopee and I and he goes, you're newlyweds. You shouldn't even be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, particularly Josh, you know, as, particularly was... as a religious couple, Josh, uh, there's honestly lots of uh, elements to uh, the honeymoon that perhaps I wouldn't care too much about. So, <laughs> oh, there, there was some pent up uh, um, frustration there. But uh, what was interesting, though, right? So they, they asked all these questions, and they, they got fairly adult. It was quite funny. Like he went through, like, who would you rather be with a nun or 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 a stripper? He went to me. I obviously put nun, and the guy who was there for twenty five years put stripper, and then the guy who'd been married for fifty years wrote a a a stripper dressed as a nun. <laughs> uh, I would put both. Yeah, <laughs> they feel. So on the cruise ship, they have this like closed circuit sort of TV channel where like they they show the shows, the comedic acts, the music acts. They showed this show daily on the cruise ship TV, and it was it was getting to the point where Naomi and I were walking because we won the show too, which is even cool. What did like, you win? Give back. Oh, it was a big gift basket full of stuff. It was really cool. There Condoms? was heaps of cool stuff in it. No, well clearly don't you don't need it. You've got kids, so yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've had sex twice since I've been married. Yep. Uh, that's all that kids want to know that you've had. That's, that's the story that when they listen to this in about 20 years' time, that, yep, mum and dad only had sex twice, great, myself and your brother. So there you go, done. That's it. No, but we're walking around the, the cruise ship and all these people looking at us going, oh, it's the couple from the show. <laughs> they should be having sex now, but they're not. <laughs> We walked into wow. that. We walked in an elevator, and this fifty-year-old, like, like retiree lady, looked like she'd just come from the bowling green. <laughs> He's gone. How was it <laughs> on your first night together? <laughs> oh wow! See, I don't have any stories like that because I've never been married. So. <laughs> There was this one time I, I was up at the light because I like to read and Naomi yes. liked doing stuff. I uh, took some time out and I was sitting up in the library. I was reading a book and this person coming goes, hey, you're that newlywed bloke, yeah? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, did you piss her off already? <laughs> well, I'm asking the same question again, Josh, because again, you are on your honeymoon and again, you're religious people. So like, this is, this is my thing. Okay, like, this is no disrespect to you or any religious people out there, but like, you obviously get to that point where you get married and it's like, yay, whoop de doo we can whoopie all night long. But, like, what, what, what is the case? What is the deal? Why, why aren't you, like, just bonking that boat down to the, the bottom of the ocean? 
Okay, it's like friction. You do too much. Yes, it hurts. that's sex. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you obviously might need to take that education that they're sending your kids at the moment. There, Josh. Well, just, uh, yeah, I probably need to sit in on that. <laughs> what it goes in that one? Okay. <laughs> um, no, no, no. In in all respect, we a lot of the I did get really sick on the cruise ship. I got uh, so we went so we left Sydney. And we went to New Caledonia, Fiji, and then there was three stops around New Zealand. And that was a two-week cruise. So we were on a cruise ship for two weeks. It was fetching awesome. Everything was done for you. It was, And the food was awesome, except uh, the day before we were meant to go to New Caledonia, our first stop, I had this thing with mushrooms in it, and there was something up with the mushrooms. And I got food poisoning, and I got really sick. Now, I know a little bit of French, and <laughs> we were in New Caledonia, and we we're walking through what, these supermarkets, and I was really sick. I could, I can introduce myself. I can ask if someone speaks English. I can sort of ask for like for 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 things if I know what the French word for it is. Not finding out, trying to find out what Panadol in French is is impossible. Le Panadol. <laughs> oh, it's, it's probably like La Royale with cheese or something like that. But uh, I, so I'm walking around. There's poor, poor sick man going. Excuse me, s'il vous plaît. Je suis Joshua. Parlez-vous anglais? And they go, that's very good French. <laughs> Ask me what you want in French now. Uh, oh, <laughs> piss off, you wanker! <laughs> You just spoke Australian. Yeah, Piss I, off, you wanker! After all of this, right? So after I got after I got better, so the table that we were assigned to in our night time, like in our like in our like our nighttime dining, was with this couple that never turned up, and there was a table behind us that had two extra seats, and they invited us to join them. Uh, so we so we did, and there, there was this awesome people. There's there mother and son from Adelaide. There was. Uh, this bloke who it was a single bloke who just got on a cruise, you know, to mingle. Uh, there was a Scottish couple, Margot and George. They were so funny. They were like crack up. And then there was this Russian couple. This guy, his his name was Igor. He's from from Moscow, and I I live in Melbourne, and I work for I work for the you know the Saints people, and his wife. It was like, uh, what was her Margaret? I think her name Tatiana was, and she was something like that. Oh no, she <laughs> she looked like Tatiana when she was when she becomes eighty. Like she's like, you know, no, you remember the nanny, the, the show the nanny, Fran Dresser, of course, yes, Mrs. Sheffield, yeah, <laughs> her, her, her mum, right? Oh, yeah, the, Sylvia. Okay, okay. yeah, looked look like her, and she was. As ditzy as they all are, and like we're all going, I said, What do you do? Oh, yeah, at that time I worked for Telstra. I'm like, hey, I work for Telstra, and, and I get to Eagle. He's like, I'm saying to like, That's all I can tell you. I can't tell <laughs> you. I, 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 I'm saying this for, for, for Australian government. KGB. And, like, and, and this guy, he was huge. He was a massive, he looked like he was in the mob. Uh, and then she started telling a story. She's like, Igor and I, would, we went to to Phillip Island one morning and we were looking at the penguins and then the night time came and, and the penguins went away and we went back to the car and 
when we got to the and we realized that the park was was locked that they 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 blocked off the car park and she's like stressing out because she can't get the car because the boom gate's down and and apparently a copper doing his his route came around and found her and assumed that she was a Russian prostitute doing tricks at the car park at Phillip Island. Well, I mean, I will. I I I um had a uh, my very first time I went to uni uh, before I quit like the three hundred times I did. I there was a girl in my class, very attractive Eastern European girl. She was from Slovakia. Um, uh, and also, like, she was kind of, like, co-Slovakian, Hungarian. She was, she was gorgeous. Uh, but, you know, I got talking to her and then found out that she was married. And, of course, like, my first thought of this, and I don't know if this is, like, incredibly, I don't know what this is. You tell me. Uh, I automatically assumed she was a male or a bride. So, <laughs> but, it's, I mean, it said, well, it said I'm actually still good friends with her still. I'm still friends with her. Hello, Eva, if you're listening. Um, but... <laughs> You know what you should do? Send her a send her a copy of the movie Birthday Girl, with uh, starring Nicole Kidman as a Melota Russian bride to some poor British um, wanker. I mean, look, you, the story of you, like I, I I when I was engaged back in you know the eighteen hundreds, um, our planned honeymoon. Uh, I think we were going to go back to this resort that we went to when we went to Cairns one time. But um, you know, it's it's interesting because. You know, obviously, traditionally, the honeymoon and all that sort of stuff, it's like you're married and all that kind of, you know, first she's knitting that first night and everything along those lines. But, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that honeymoon, I still don't think we would have had sex. I mean, we never did anyway. So, I mean, it's not like going to change anything once we got married. So. Mate, I, you know, I, ha, tell me if I'm wrong. You're I wrong. I remember you telling, I tell, you were telling me about this plan and you were saying, and her mum and her father were going to come and they were going to be in the room next um, to us. No. That is wrong. No. I don't know where you ever got that idea from. <laughs> no, I remember you telling me something. She probably like, would have invited a mum, knowing her, but... <laughs> See, when when we went on our honeymoon, Naomi's mum tried to invite herself on it, on the cruise. Oh, the cruise, it's such a wonderful <laughs> idea in the summer. And so I said to Naomi, we're going to book this thing, and we're going to book it, and we're not going to tell anyone that we've booked it for two weeks. That way they can't book another... <laughs> she got pissed with us. Fetch well, your mother-in-laws. That's what they do. I mean, if look, you're, I, I like I, I. This is a public service announcement. Okay. If you're a bitch of a mother-in-law, jump off a bridge. <laughs> and if you're a not a bitch of a mother-in-law, just do it anyway because it probably you, I don't. That's that's a bit mean. I mean, we don't want like um, I don't know Nicole Kidman to jump off a bridge. I'm sure her kids will get married one day. It's a bit mean. Nicole Kidman seems nice. Yeah, no, she, she, I, I'd hold her hand. <laughs> The Queen's a mother-in-law. We don't want her jumping off the... Like, she, I don't know. <laughs> I saw the funniest thing with the Queen in it the other day. So she went to this... Uh, grand, like, it was like the opening of the new BBC headquarters. And like she, she like, photobombed the newscasters and she had this look on her face like, you call this a news office? She, she did that during the... Um... Uh, was it was it the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games where there were some Australian hockey players and they were taking a selfie and the Queen just happened to be walking past and she kind of like photo and she kind of had like a little smirk on her face that like photo went viral I think that was during the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow but um yeah like she, I mean look I I am a I'm a Republican in the Australian sense I'm not a Trump supporter but like I I still am fascinated by the like I mean we've had Prince Charles on the show of course that's one of our biggest interviews we ever had but it's oh, still- do you listen to this radio show. <laughs> 
it's very they fascinate me but like the queen like she just constantly looks bored i mean like i i she's probably the nicest lady in the world but like honest to god what a boring job i mean i saw during the week that prince william has officially quit his day job as like a pilot to concentrate on royal duties what the fuck are royal duties walking around shaking people's hands getting flowers like i want that job (laughs) no no well i think he he actually does a lot of stuff prince he's he's like his mum but Here's the funniest thing I've read about the Queen just this, this last week. It was there was like things that you never knew about the Queen, and apparently, like when she, she's at galas and that, and they actually actually do some normal things that normal people do, and they have like a DJ and they play normal music. Like uh, she will always get up and dance to Dancing Queen. I read that because yeah. she is a queen, and she's like, you know, screw you, I'm the queen. I'm going to disco dance. I just, I'm I like, just, I just would love to like be a fly on the wall. Just with her, just like in bed with Philip, just sitting up reading a reading a book. Oh, Philip! Oh, oh, that curry's gone. I've got to go hang a loaf. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a, a Mark McIntyre thing where he was talking about like the Queen and how cool she is because she's on money and she's on stamps and and he said, you know, it'd be cool, like if like you like you know, depending on the the level of currency, you have like you know like a, a fifty dollar on your fifty dollar note. You have like you know the queen in all her splendor with like the drapes, the crown, everything, and then you got the five dollar queen with like rollers, fag in her mouth. Going, if you want to see the real me, earn some bloody money. <laughs> you know the most interesting thing I found out about like the queen and the money and all that sort of stuff was I was in when I was in Canada last year. I did a tour of the Royal Canadian Mint in Ottawa, and then I did a tour of the Royal Canadian Mint in Winnipeg. Apparently, I just fucking love Canadian money. And very similar to Australia, obviously, they've got the Queen on there. They're part of the Commonwealth. And it's always kind of, like, um, fascinated me when you think about it. Like, the Queen's old. She's probably going to be dead in a few years, a few months, maybe. She might have died by between when we recorded this and when we released this. If it happens, I know we technically killed Roger Moore on 007 a few weeks ago, but, look, we didn't kill the Queen. Anyway, um... Like, as soon as she we, dies, we, of course... They Prince... have something to do with Michael Jackson, though. Well, yeah. Prince Charles, obviously, will then have to be on uh, the money. And I asked a question at the Mint, and the guy's like, yep, we've got it all ready to go. Basically, she carks it, we're, we're ready to go. Like, we have to go ahead straight away, we've got to press the coins, we've got to press the, the money and all that sort of stuff. And here's an interesting thing, which I don't know if you knew or any other people out there knew, but, like, every time there's a new monarch on uh, money... Uh, they face the different direction. So if you look at an Australian coin or a note or any note from around the world that has a queen on it, pay attention to which way she's facing because when Charles eventually goes on that coin or the note, he will be facing the other direction. There you go. No, 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 that's correct because if you look at the old pennies with King George on it, he's facing to the right where on our money at the moment the queen is facing to the left and there was a there was a a um a discrepancy in that though because there was whoever was a monarch between maybe it's george i look i don't know my monarchs i know the queen that's about it but whoever was like between the queen and whoever was before that because they were only in for like a very short amount of time they didn't actually have time to produce the new money so therefore, that's why I think like the queen's facing the same direction as the one before. So anyway, it's it's all a little no, bit technical, gonna, but yeah, you're you're thinking of um, her uncle. Oh, I don't fucking know, Josh. Right they're old people who get put in charge of something that no one gives a shit about, but they're still fascinating. But, but <laughs> apparently, though, apparently, I could be wrong in this, but apparently, in Australia, by Australian law. That once she dies, or like you have to go to the bank and get your money changed straight away, essentially. Ah, oh, because it, 
I I doubt that would happen though because can you think of all the bogans? I fucking not fucking get rid of this fucking money, fucking my money, fucking cunts. Like that's all <laughs> that's all it would be. <laughs> now it's fucking taking my money, fuck the fucking royals, fuck them all. <laughs> that was an actual transcript from a conversation that happened in Bridgewater about thirty seconds ago. <laughs> oh, I didn't make for me. Jump off a bloody cliff. It's so oh, funny it's... when you're like in America and like Canada, and you know they they ask the questions like, "So, do you have like regional accents?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, you go to Bridgewater, they sound a little bit different." Fucking <laughs> got a fucking Bridgewater, and like they they're literally like Americans who. I mean, you would have heard it actually on this show a few weeks ago when we had Vicky from Alaska. We we dropped the word "cunt" about 158 thousand times, but like like there are some Americans that oh my god, so like you say like "cunt" like hello, and it's like well. I mean, you can't say it on TV and you wouldn't say it to your mother, but, like, I mean, it's certain areas of Australia, yes, it's quite relaxed the way we use that word. I mean, it is it is the one word, I, I'm being a hypocrite given that I've just said it on the podcast about 1,500 times, it is the one word that I will still be careful in using in context. Like, I use it in front of you, I don't give a shit, cunt, cunt, cunt. Uh, and, like, both of our listeners don't care either because they put up with it a few weeks ago. But, like, if I meet someone, like, if I'm like, oh, hello, I'm here for the job interview, uh, yeah, what's your name? That fucking Ben Waterworth, cunt, what's yours? Like, I mean, I'm not going to say that. But, um, yeah. See, I have a mate of mine who would say that. Well, I mean, if you're going for, like, a job at, like, Bridgewater Shiploads. Anyway. Have you ever ever seen that, that the guy who has, like, he's the stand-up comedian persona of Chopper Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does this skit about Bunnings, and he's, like, talking about how... Oh, the people that work at Bunnings, what they, the reason why there's so many Bunnings is because when people get sacked for being a dumb F word, they go off and go to another Bunnings. So they just do the circuit until they get around to they've forgotten about who this person was and they get hired again. And the reason why they wear aprons is because they got dribble. They dribble. <laughs> That's like uh, Dave Hughes gets staring up on stage and he's like, Hey, Bunnings, if you're watching, hire better-looking people. I'm sick of seeing your ugly fuckers on your commercials. (laughs) 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 He has has some of the best stuff, Dave Hughes. He's a friend of the show. He's been on the show, of course, as well. He's a cracker. Oh, man, I love him. I love it. I love, I love all, all Aussie. Are you Arge Barker's coming to Bega in October? Well, because, I mean, he's been to every other town in Australia, so he's just ticking him off the list. I like Arge Barker, oh. but, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and, and before him, we've got Arndo coming as well. I like Arndo. The one, the one that I'm actually really liking, because uh, they've been showing a lot of repeats of uh, Spicks and Specs. Dad usually like, we have dinner and repeats of Spicks and Specs on, um, is uh, Ross Noble. Uh, he's been on that a lot. And fuck, he's funny. <laughs> Oh, you know, he's, he's crack up. I've been looking at some of like, the international things, like, uh, like uh, Russell... What, Russell Pe- not What is his name? Yeah, Russell Peters. He's, he's, he's an Indian, Indian-Canadian. When he does this thing where he talks about um, like immigrant families beat their kids and how, like, Jamaican... Like, you know, like his family, if he did something wrong, he'd get his butt warped if it was, like, um, an Asian family, like... Oi, Tap Ding Wong, it says you got an F in school. What? Like, Kung Fu fighting starts up there, but then, like, a Jamaican family is like, Oi, boy, come here. <laughs> what was that for, Daddy? Just in case. 
<laughs> do you do you remember speaking of Jamaican? Uh, remember the days of Usain Bolt on this show? <laughs> you actually one thing I think we yes. played in our in our flashback segment of, a while back. We uh we played AMZ Pop. Uh, <laughs> This is that made me thought of something. There is a lady in who who lives near our chapel down here in Marimbula, and she she's like almost ninety seven years old. Her name is Lisa Leistat, and she is from Dusseldorf, which is near Nuremberg. No, she is freaking German. She still thinks Hitler was an all right person. She was in Hitler Youth. She has. On, like she's got like you know like a typical German old lady got all these displays like you know nice plates spoons from wherever she's visited a Nazi knife there's more things <laughs> I just I just want you to back up she, there and say just a typical German woman like a typ- typical old German woman what is a typical old German woman Josh <laughs> okay have you you've seen the the movie Madagascar oh years and years ago yes. Yeah, you know, you know that the old days like that's a bad kitty, that, right, but <laughs> more German. And she, we, when I was a missionary, we visited her, and she'd be like, I, I, I used to live in Nuremberg. I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. That's where they had the the trials after the war. Yes, they were a, they were a circus, and those people were innocent. <laughs> can we get her on like, the show? Whoa! Can we, can we get her on the show? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but what was funny, right? So she she is really old, and she would have us, like, in, we'd be in a kitchen or dining room area, and we'd be doing what missionaries, sharing a message that missionaries do. And she's like, I'm going to get you some cake. And so she'd make the best cake, like homemade cakes that looked profesh. They were awesome. But she was so old, she had no control over her uh, bowel. At all, so she'd be up at the kitchen sink, and then you just hear this, <laughs> and she would like, like nothing happened, and I'm looking at my companion going, "Oh my goodness, she just farted." So she turns around and goes, "I'm pop <laughs> Josh, uh, it's it's always fun. We'll we'll do this again soon, and maybe we'll wrangle up the ex pope and. Uh, Arnie and friends and Hussein. And everyone, everyone. We'll even have the president of the United States on here, and I'm not talking about Obama. Yeah, we'll, we'll... actually, that's something. Did you hear what happened in the news this week? Um, oh, today, um, Trump's gone. All right, if you're a transgender, <laughs> you ain't gonna serve in the army, we'll, mate. We'll no doubt talk to Paul about this during this episode, Josh. And I'm kind of scared to hear your thoughts on this. I, I think we might end this segment right now. Uh, Josh, <laughs> we'll speak to you soon. Uh, thank you for your company. Thanks, mate. See ya. Continuing on our live performance part of The Brink, where we bring you a classic live performance from the history of our show. Going back to the year 2014, we've already heard from this group, the Elliots, Melbourne-based singer and songwriter duo, uh, a couple of weeks back. But we're going to play the second song they performed for us on the show back in 2014. This is called Say Something, and we hope you enjoy it. The Brink, the Elliots, performing Say Something, Edge Radio, is where it was performed. I'm such a zone right now, apparently, when it comes to saying Edge Radio. But uh, this is the Brink podcast. Brinkalicious, listen to it. Rain comes down on your 
something I want to hear. Say something that's true. When you're gone, it's crystal clear. All I need is you. You are come in the shoes from the shop with the news. Say something I want to hear. Say something that's true. When you're gone, it's crystal clear. All I need is you. All I need is you. All I need. You've got a shining light. You've got a shining light in your soul. You've got a shining light. You've got a shining light. Every week we get on this man to talk about all things to do with Donald Trump and sometimes running. This week it's just going to be purely Donald Trump because, wow, it's been a very interesting week in the world of that man. It, of course, is Paul Luttrell who is on the show right now. Paul, what the hell has happened this week? Oh, a fair bit, I guess. Yeah, we all... We didn't mention last week, but it might have happened just after we talked last week. It started with, you know, Sean Spicer yes. resigning, mm-hmm. stepping down from his position, and they replaced him with uh, the most Italian man on earth. <laughs> uh, How do you say his name? Can you can you help me pronounce that? Because I, I... Scaramucci. Scaramucci. Okay. Yes. Did you do that with your hands gesturing like up in the? Yeah. Air? Yep, of course I you did. did. Like turn your hand up and. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that was sad. I mean, yeah, that did happen, I think, just uh, in between our recording and when we released the episode. But uh, is it weird to say it's sad to lose Sean Spicer? Well, he's, he became such a colourful character. It was kind of hilarious in the end. But you could just see this coming for so long. It was just he was either going to resign or he was going to have a heart attack. So... Or a stroke. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think we all uh, are kind of going to have that now with Scaramucci. Like, I, I, I'm just sad that yeah. Melissa McCarthy's kind of going to be bored now for a while. Um, because, I mean, like, you see impersonations of people and, like, you know, Alec Baldwin does a pretty decent Trump. Other people out there do decent versions of celebrities. But Melissa yeah. McCarthy and Sean Spicer, like, that probably would have to be one of the greatest ever impersonations ever. Uh, I mean, like, honest to God, like, I think everyone looks at Sean Spicer and just can only see Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Well, Scaramucci seems like he's uh, impersonating Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. <laughs> yes. Just, it's, it's come full so circle he's now. He's kind of his own caricature, isn't he? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, all jokes aside, though, obviously the other thing that's kind of happened during the week, um, and I actually will admit I was on Twitter at the time I saw these tweets coming through before it sort of all really hit the uh, the news cycle. Uh, that uh, Donald Trump has uh, put it out there that uh, any transgendered individual 
is now banned from serving in the US military. And that has obviously reversed a, a decision that Obama put into place, I think, about two years ago. Um, but yeah, this has obviously caused a little bit of controversy since this has happened. Yeah, and I mean, he's done it via Twitter as well. Way to make an announcement via Twitter. Hasn't said anything about what's going to happen to transgender people who are already in the military. So what are they going to be kicked out? What's going to happen there? What's the mm. procedure? Hasn't said any of that. And I think he cited the, the financial cost of medications and things like that as being the reason why. Yeah. So, that's. I mean, it's, it's an interesting so, sort of... Because I, I saw somebody... Uh, posting out a few sort of comparisons to do with that. And it's like, well, uh, you know, diabetics, you know, all these other people with, I guess, like medical things that obviously need medication. Um, I mean, it does seem a little bit hypocritical that that's the excuse that he gives when... So that's that's basically saying that nobody then can be in the military who has to have medication. Yeah, that's essentially it. I mean, I would say there's a pretty large portion of people who would have to have some kind of subscription... Uh, prescription medication um, in the military. I think the military itself would probably ca- cause a lot of, I don't know, mental illness and things like that. So, um, yeah, to me, it's, it just seems like it's not a very good excuse. And, and it came out yeah. of nowhere, really, didn't it? I mean, it's not like it was something that, you know, he promised or that something was being done about. Like, as you said, he did this on Twitter. And then it's... Um, you know, Obama sort of, I mean, it obviously did used to be a policy of the US military, it's something that uh, I believe Obama kind of reversed. But then it's yeah. it's kind of just the way it's been done. I, I haven't seen anything since the announcement of him commenting on it. I, I might be wrong there, I don't know. Um, and then it's just, yeah, it's it's just such a out of the place. And like, I, I don't, like, I, I understand the, the position of President of the United States, the position of any leader of any country or political party, state, whatever you are, you're not there to be popular. You're there to run the country or the state or the party. Yeah. You know, you're there to do a job. But like, it's almost like he doesn't, do himself any favors when it comes to thinking these things through. It's 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 not like one of these things where, you know, you would argue when it comes to say the 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 travel ban that there are still I guess some vocal people out there saying yeah. it's a good thing and certain things like with the wall for example and other things that he's you know controversial policies you still kind of have a, a small vocal majority who are who are talking yeah. up it. I haven't seen any any uh positive comments about this being a thing it's like this is overwhelmingly negative response he just he he is just a he's a fuckwit uh, <laughs> i just yeah. i can't think well, of anything else to say about it <laughs> well the thing with the travel ban and with the wall i mean those were pressing issues i mean immigration yeah. and terrorism and whatever how fear fear of terrorism or whatever those are pressing issues and i mean he was doing what his voters essentially wanted him to do. This this was not a pressing issue. No one was pushing for this or anything. And the fact that he's just released it out of the blue, to me, kind of is a signal more. He's trying to, I don't know, he's almost reveling in the fact that he's doing it. And he's also trying to generate publicity through it rather than just releasing it in a, like a military budget or something. Okay, we've cut back on medications for transgender people. Therefore, we're not going to be able to support them through this. So, therefore they must be kicked out. He hasn't done that. He's just said, yep, fuck off, transgender yeah. people from the military. Out of nowhere. Out of, yeah, just out of nowhere. And he's obviously released it on his Twitter page with no other context or anything like that. So he's obviously happy that he's done it. So, 
it's, I yeah. yeah, and I mean the the one one of the, the the few things that I saw about this was that um, I believe some like generals or some people in the military are saying ignore this order, like do not go through with it until it officially comes down from the White House. Yeah. Which I mean, it's great that they're sort of doing that, but I mean. I, I'm assuming they can't always ignore that. I mean, once it comes from the White House, I, I don't understand the, the true politics of how the military works in connection with the presidency, but uh, I guess it's an executive order from the Pentagon as well, then it's kind of, you have to, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, Twitter is not exactly an official uh, means of communication, I guess. It's interesting how isn't it how he communicates in terms of Twitter, because I mean, I guess like, yeah, it's not official terms, but I mean, do you think... I, I heard somebody a while ago saying that like he is creating a new standard for how a president will run the US, and like I'm not trying to, you know, put anything into positive lights with Donald Trump, but I mean, do you feel the way he is doing this that this will be the way of the future? That even if we get the greatest president of the United States ever in 2020, you know, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson is the greatest president since George W. Bush, uh, George W. Bush, George Washington. Wow, that was a weird comparison. Uh, that like this will be the way that presidents go forward. I I don't think so. I think that the you know PR people they're there for a reason. They're there to make sure that the message they're trying to present is not misinterpreted or misconstrued. Yeah. And he's just throwing all that out the window. And how much money is spent trying to backtrack on everything he says on Twitter? How much? How many resources are wasted there? It's it's ridiculous. It's so expensive to be doing this. I think. You know, the the kind of system they had set up previously, it was there for a reason. It was so, you know, the, the things you want to say are, are put out into the public sphere and the things that you don't want said are not blurted out on a, in a rant at 3 a.m. while they're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> I would just always, like, pay good money to just watch him tweeting these things out. Like, and, you know, it, it, the thing is just so fascinating about this is that, like, he obviously deliberately employs advisors and people like that that aren't going to stop him. You know what I mean? Like you could imagine, yeah. like like George Bush, like George W. Bush. Oh God, don't we miss the days of him? Uh, but like you know, he obviously wasn't exactly the smartest tool in the shed. But he still obviously had people that were there to kind of control him. And the worst that he would come out and say is that I believe that fish and human beings can live in harmony together. I mean, that's you know not uh, offending um, you know an entire you know. A entire community out there, if you know what I mean. So, unless you're a fish and you thought that you weren't living peacefully in harmony, it's just, it's weird. And also, you got the thing too. It's like you would think that you know, ten years ago, if you when Twitter was a new thing, and you said, okay, in ten years' time, the president of the United States will be releasing policy via Twitter. He will be, you know, uh, commenting and all this sort of stuff. You would assume it would be some sort of like young millennial president, you know, kind of out there, not like a seventy-year-old. <laughs> you know, he's the oldest president, first-term president ever, oldest man ever elected to be the president of the United States, and he's the one that is creating this Twitter presidency. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's it's, it's strange. Um, still doesn't know how to use it properly. No. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, I actually, and, and the one that sort of, correlating with his his ban on sort of transgender people in in the military was the the tweet that's obviously doing the rounds of it during the election last year where he said i will fight and support for lgbt people not crooked hillary and of course yeah. it's, and everyone's like it, it, you know what fascinates me is how people 
like, I swear there's just a community out there that they just literally screenshot every single one of his tweets, mark down the date and time, so that when something like this happens, they can quickly go back in time and go, oh, guys, remember when he said this? Because do you notice that there's always, like, a tweet from 2011 where he's like, oh, go Obamacare, but now he's like, oh, fuck Obamacare, you know what I mean? Like, there's always one ready to go. Yeah, I think it's just because it's it's so easy. No, <laughs> true, he, true. Everything he does, <laughs> he basically eventually says the opposite. Yeah. So, um, wow. Yeah, he, he doesn't really have a position on anything. It's more just <laughs> what is going to further my position politically. Yeah. Uh, he's just he's a he's, he's a used car salesman. So. Again, again, I think we've said this on the show before, or maybe but I think actually we loosely touched on, but I think it was John Oliver kind of said this at one point that we're just waiting for him. Like when he gets impeached, or when you know his one term is over, we kind of just want him to be like, okay, guys. I got you. It was all a plot. Like, I didn't have any clue what I was doing. But, hey, I did it. I was president. I'm an idiot. It's all a show. I, you know, like, it just, he just comes out and admits it. Like, we kind of want him to do that, don't we? I, I, yeah, we do. I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, it won't. <laughs> most vocal supporters are ever going to admit that they ever made a mistake by electing him or anything. There's not, not going to be any kind of grand comeuppance. No. I think the world doesn't work like that. It's going to be... Anything that he does wrong, he'll find someone else to blame. Yep. Um, anything that's comes that's good of it, he'll take full credit for it. Um, yeah, that's that's essentially going to be it. We're just going to have to sit through it and wait for, hopefully, for him to be impeached. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> the presidency of Mike Pence, and we're all wishful the days of Trump. I guarantee you, in four years' time, or whenever Trump goes, and our next president, he or she. Uh, they're probably just going to be a, a normal president and there's nothing outlandish. I guarantee you that in a few years' time, we're going to have people going, don't you kind of miss the crazy days of Trump's presidency? Like, now it's a bit boring. <laughs> like, oh, I kind of feel I like it's kind of like how people now are longing for Bush in a way. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily his policies, just the craziness of his presidency. Well, in saying that, I do think that there was this weird, perverted thing that people had going on in before the election that was like, oh, I'd love to just see what happens yeah. when I've got a You know, I, I would hate it, but I just, I'm curious just to see what would happen. <laughs> I think that was a part of it, and it's fucking awful, and people were just like, why the fuck did it? Why did that happen? I reckon there was a lot of people who voted for Trump just because they wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, and you've that's, got your wish, people. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. At least if we do it in Australia, Paul, which we kind of did with Abbott, we can get rid of them pretty easily because of how our system works. Well, not easily, but a lot easier than the presidency. And I guess also the flip side of that is even if he gets impeached, which this is the thing, people are so like, get rid of him, get rid of him. Then we have Mike fucking Pence. It's not exactly yeah. that much better, people. It's kind of Trump without the hair or the personality. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be, it's just lockdown conservatism. Um, yeah, at least Trump doesn't really have full support of the Republicans. I mean, there's a lot of people who are putting the brakes on things and stuff like that, whereas I think with Pence, he's probably got a little bit more political capital um, and will probably be able to pull a few more strings and get things through a passed into law that you really don't want passed into law. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, very true, very true. I, I swear Hillary Clinton must just sit down every day, just, like, shake her head and just, like, notice how, like, you never hear from her anymore. Like, she's just there, like... Yeah. 
people well, just, she retired, you know, didn't she? Uh, I mean, what did she retire from? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's but I mean, I just she, I just swear she could just walk down the street and just people would just look at her and just kind of have this gentle shake of the head, like I'm sorry, Hillary, and she just she just had this knowing nod, like. I know you should have listened. <laughs> like it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's not like I mean, you know, Kevin Rudd still was always very vocal after he was, you know, and Julie Gillard kind of faded in the background. Tony Abbott kind of has a thing, but you just, I swear, you never hear from Hillary. It's kind of like you don't hear from Obama really about politics either. You know, it's kind of they're, yeah, all, they're all just like, oh god. Yeah, he's he's with Richard no, Branson all the time, isn't he? <laughs> What's that? He's with Richard Branson all the time, isn't he? Yeah, he's off on his yacht or his windsurfing, you know, <laughs> hanging out with his shirt unbuttoned. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's always entertaining, Paul. At least we've got stuff to talk about. Uh, probably this time next week he's banned women from the military or something. I don't know. Um, but thank you for your time, and we'll uh, speak to you next week. Yeah, it's been good. Now, if I can learn to speak properly, I'll be able to press this button and bring you this section. our flashback moment of the show. Maybe I'll say it's radio here. I don't actually know. Uh, bringing you classic moments from the year 2008, nine years ago, believe it or not. And, of course, Josh was in the studio with us back in 2008. You'll hear from him uh, again another time. You've already heard of him, of course, this episode. But uh, this was a moment when we were in uh, Beijing, sort of, at least, for the 2008 Olympics. And it came down to us trying to pronounce the way that you say Beijing. Oh, how are you, Josh? Uh, I'm good. I'm a bit tired. You're looking very tired. It's very early here in Beijing. It's 25 past five in I the morning. Know. What, what's with that, man? Well, we're two hours behind the east coast of Australia. We're on Perth time. See, this is why Australia should lead the world because they're always two hours ahead. But then again, New Zealand are two hours ahead of us. So does no, that they're not. They're 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 right at the other end. They're at the end of the scale. They're so far behind. They're in front of us. But what what I'm saying, <laughs> Josh? Don't but, don't. Don't miss my dreams. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm loving Beijing. I am too. Be- how, how do you say it? I want I want to get this out of the boat. How do you say it? Beijing. Beijing. Now this is this is annoying me. A lot of people are saying Beijing. There's like two separate words, as in Bay, like where you park your boat, and Jing, as in the name of <laughs> some Chinese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're just saying two words, like Bay Marie. It's Beijing. I, I, I always thought it was Beijing. Like there's a, you got to roll your into the Jing and then you go to Beijing. Beijing. But like, you, you watch sort Beijing. of like some of the um, other journalists here and they're just like, welcome to Beijing. We're here to Jing your bay. And I don't know. It just annoys me. It, 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 I'm not phased. We might have some uh, Olympians on later on today that we can ask them or even Arnold. We can ask him. I'm sure he Arnold. knows. Arnold, I reckon. He'll, he'll oh, Kevin. Have... He's been here all week. Oh, he, he can speak Chinese. Though. I think that's a bit biased. Well, he should know. He, it'd be better. He loves it here. He's been talking a storm up. We went to this pub, right? Oh, I shouldn't say this on air. No, it's, it's okay. Just censor the version. Tone it down. <laughs> went to this pub and then there was these girls and then, yeah. The Prime Minister lost a few hundred dollar notes. Josh, now, come on now. That is that is okay for radio at this time of the morning. I'm, I just don't want to get my good, good buddy... Uh, K, K to the Rudd. K to the Rudd. Yeah, K, K Dizzle. K Dizzle, folks. Shizzle, my Nizzle. <laughs> I, I really like it. Um, I was sitting in the crowd with him the other day um, when he was in when the swimming. Oh, and yes. right in front of us was uh, Bushy, George. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was he had his little American flag and he's cheering on Phelpsy. It's great. You know, it's fantastic. But um, I, I, I thought it was funny, the little rivalry that uh, Kevin Rudd and George Bush had. You know, they had sort of a, every time America won a gold medal, um, Bush would, you know, make him um, pull his undies over his head and do a lap around the pool. Yeah. <laughs> 
and then he, George Bush had to do the same. But because he's a president of America, he kind of got his um, secret service agents to do it. Wasn't really the same, but George Bush ended up doing it anyway. Uh, so at least he did it. It was, it was fun. It was funny. Have you ever seen an American president with his undies over his head? When I was in the commentary box, I think I watched him do it. You were co- you were commentating the table tennis, and I have to say that I have never seen someone get so excited over a ping pong ball bouncing on a table. That's the idea of commentary. You've got to get excited. But you, you really need to go to the Commonwealth Games and commentate the lawn bowls. I will. It's just... I, want- I will bring lawn bowls back to the coolness. Chess. You need to commentate chess. Oh, could you imagine? I think chess should be an Olympic sport. It should be because it's it's a tu- it's a tough game. It would. It is very it's tough. stressful, and it, it's like here's how I'd reckon a, a game would go. Yeah, now Jonathan's about to go. He's got. He's got. He's got to move his rock. Oh, that was a good move. And what would they be tested for? Drugs afterwards? Coffee to mm. keep them awake? So they'd be tested for caffeine? No, 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 no. dose. Coca-Cola. 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 One of the official sponsors of the Olympics, Josh, and they would be not allowed to do it. Oh, Coke Zero is fine. No, I suppose so. <laughs> I, I, I really think that some of these Olympic sports that we're getting on board at the Hobart Olympics, like Poop Lotto, that would be interesting to see. We'd test the cows for, um, I don't know, extra calcium in their Laxatives. milk. it Laxatives. <laughs> that works. That works. I still think nine years later I struggle to pronounce it in a correct way but um, look we tried and that's the way the cookie crumbles each week on the show we like to bring you some past guests of the show and uh, new guests and everything else in between to relive stories talk about where they live in the world and everything else in between we're, we're thrilled to be able to welcome back it's been a while since he's been on any of these shows that we produce i think he was on a show recently to celebrate the life and death of an actor that we killed but it's good to actually get him now on the show to talk about other stuff about us not killing actors. I do, of course, speak of Snug's resident awesomeness person. It is Mr. Noah Groves, who's not in Snug. He's speaking to us from Bosnia and Herzegovina, the place that comes after Bosnia. <laughs> Noah, welcome back to the brink. Uh, hello, Benjamin. Thank you for having me back. Um it's good to be back. I think the last time I was on something like this, it was on the radio. Yes. But this is like a 20, 21st century uh, kind of deal here. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Um, it's kind of like this is, I mean, we've kept in contact now and then on Facebook, but really this is us catching up it is. <laughs> uh, for the first time in a long time. It just happens to be recorded, which, I mean, most of our conversations yeah. are recorded. We don't like so, each other um, outside of when we're not recording. But... It's just like, oh, you, yeah. Oh, pressure yeah, record. Oh, no, buddy, really... mate. <laughs> Things get busy and stuff like that. So uh, I guess it's a, a podcast that will bring us back to catch up. <laughs> well, it is, it is. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, you and I kind of have, you know, so we're talking, you've been away from now for nearly a year, but it's kind of, you have been so busy with your travels and your studies and obviously we joke on 007 available now via iTunes uh, that, you know, you are off being James Bond because we can never get you to join Colin and I for an episode. But, uh, I mean, you've been living the life. You just Did you say to me you've been to like 20 countries now over there in Europe? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I think I, when I did the math the other day, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, I'm like you, I don't know if I'm butchering that, um, <laughs> is the 23rd country that I visited wow. uh, in the world. So that would mean like 20 in Europe or something, which is just blows my mind because uh, in August last year, 
when I arrived in Amsterdam, the Netherlands was the fourth country in the world that I had visited. So it's just crazy what can happen in a year. Now, I should I should really be an arsehole and get you to like list all of them. But um, I mean, if you know them off the top of your head, go for it. But yeah, it's, I mean, uh, go, try. <laughs> you, you count because I don't know. I'm just going to ramble and you count right, and tell I'm me I'm if counting I've got for you. To. Yep, let's, let's do this. Uh, so it would be the Netherlands, yep. it would be Denmark, um, Belgium, Germany, Switzerland. Uh, France, Italy, um, did I say Belgium? Uh, you did, yes. Poland, Czech Republic, or Czechia, as they're now calling themselves, um, Hungary, Slovakia, um, Latvia, Lithuania, Austria, um, Bulgaria, uh, San Marino, oh, Vatican City, lucky. those two count. <laughs> yeah, they count. They're still countries. Uh, they compete in Eurovision. <laughs> Bulgaria. Well, not the Vatican City. They don't compete. The Pope could if he Eurovision, was bored. I don't think. <laughs> I'm a golden pope. Uh, <laughs> uh, Serbia, Macedonia, um, the UK, but that was a few years ago. Um, and I mean Bosnia now. It's 21. Yeah, that would probably be around. There you go. 21. So you've avo- uh, you avoided like then, Spain and Portugal then, so you didn't go west-west. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I really wanted to go there and I was actually planning to, but uh, things worked out that uh, I figured I'll go there another time and spend proper time there rather than just trying to hop a plane over there and spend a week or whatever. So <laughs> I would love to go to both of those countries, but yeah, I kind of missed the southern... And, and Ireland as Europe. well. I noticed like the UK, like you obviously avoided Ireland. But um, a lot of people do. Um, <laughs> yeah. You hate snakes, and Ireland yeah, doesn't have snakes, camps. so why didn't you go to Ireland? <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect place for me. Um, <laughs> I actually saw a snake the other day while I was hiking by myself. <laughs> you would have loved that. <laughs> it really, it was a small one, so it was okay, but it terrified me. I was in this like canyon um, in Macedonia where. I was walking and I'm like, why is no one hiking here? I'm the only one hiking. There were lots of people at the bottom, but now I'm the only one. I haven't seen anyone in about an hour. Um, and it was really hot. It was like 35 and this snake just slides straight past me down a cliff and then off, kind of jumps off into another cliff and down a uh, terrified, stood stood there for about ten minutes, gathering myself. I've just I've just googled snakes of Macedonia because I mean you think of all the countries in the world that have snakes, you don't often go, oh those snakes in Macedonia are very dangerous. Um, apparently it has seventeen different types of snakes, um, <laughs> including uh, the poisonous adder, field viper, sand viper, also known as the poscog <laughs> or jumping snake, as well as the non venomous <laughs> water snakes and other more jumping. unusual species. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Uh, it was terrifying, though. But maybe the jumping snake, because it really <laughs> did just jump out. That's fascinating, like, with the hiking, because yeah. when I was in Alaska recently, you know, hiking through there, and, of course, you could all get, like, bears there. And there was, like, I think a week before I got there, uh, some kid was killed in a nearby mountain. It was, like, the first, like, mauling death oh, by a bear in Alaska for, like, 30 years. I'm like, awesome! Good time to come to Alaska. <laughs> but, um, it's, I mean, it's... It's interesting, I guess, I don't know if you feel this, like, as being being Australian, you know, we're kind of, we're raised, aren't we, to realise that you walk in the bush, like, 30 things can kill you. So, you're always, like, on the lookout, you're always, you know, a bit wary of your surroundings. But, like, do you find when you go, like, to a country like that and you're walking that you've got that awareness? Or do you want to think, ah, fuck it, I'm in Macedonia, nothing's going to kill me? Ah, uh, I think it's a bit of both, um... 
I I think I let my guard down a bit here being in Europe because I haven't really seen anything like that. And I lived in Denmark <laughs> and uh, we lived kind of near the woods. So I would go for walks and I would see like a deer occasionally and stuff like that <laughs> walking around. Um, but that was it. Maybe a wasp. Um, but... Ah, wasp! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, when you're then in those kind of deserted areas and I was seeing like lizards and stuff like that, so I'm like, oh no, what comes after a lizard? <laughs> it's the middle of summer. Um, so I, th- I think it's a mixture of like, whatever, I'm fearless, nothing will hurt me, I'm here, this is what I'm doing. But also, uh, I think I was a bit on my guard stuff like that and then i mean that's the first snake i've seen in europe but, wow see i, I just um, find it's interesting like i remember like new zealand because i think it's new zealand island and i think i learned hawaii when i was there don't have snakes either so maybe i know i think there's three places in the world so maybe it is those three but like in new zealand and you go to like the beach and they've got the long grass and generally australia long grass you think snakes could be there just you know be a bit wary yeah. but then i remember like with our good friend nook chista who of course is also on this show as well uh i'm like and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, snakes. He's like, you're in New Zealand. There's no snakes. I'm like, all right, cool. La, 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 la. Just running around in the grass. <laughs> um, God, I would love it. Yeah, you, I mean, you would. So, okay, it's 20, 21 countries. You, you're only there for a few more weeks, I think, from what I know. So, uh, don't say that. No, I mean, you're there forever. Uh, you're never coming home. Uh, so, so, what's the plan then? <laughs> yeah, so, you're fine. visiting a few more countries and then you're going to Japan, are you? <laughs> it's a long drive <laughs> said with such disdain no, well, I, mean, was, I didn't realise you're going to Japan are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> Japan? Uh, yes so I, I think I looked today it's exactly two weeks before I fly out which is devastating um, we'll get to that I guess but uh, yeah so I think I'll fit in a few more countries. Um, I really, I'm traveling by myself at the moment and I've really been doing it just by the seat of my pants. Like, uh, nothing's been really planned out. Like one day I'm, all right, I'll go to Montenegro. No, actually it's going to be Serbia. Um, but I, I booked a flight actually and I'm heading to Slovenia next. Um, and then, then I fly out of Zurich, uh, in Switzerland. No reason other than I booked the flight quite a while ago and, you felt neutral. Uh, I didn't know where I would be. So yeah, yeah, I had to be neutral because I didn't know where in <laughs> Europe I would be. Um, so it was Zurich. Um, so I guess yeah, Slovenia, and then maybe I'll fit one more in. I'm not sure, and then I'll go to Slovenia. But it's always hard with like you want to stay for a decent amount of time, but you also want to see as much different cultures as you can. So it's hard. Do you spend like two weeks in just one place, or do you? spread it out and get a taster and then go back and explore it later on. It's always hard to decide. But, yeah, a few more. And then, yeah, Japan for, I guess, a couple of weeks. And then back to Australia. Almost, I think I left Australia on August 27th. Um, So it's almost pretty much going to be like a year. So crazy coincidental timing. And is that back to Tasmania? I mean, obviously you can't fly direct here. I realise that. But like as in, will you (laughs) spend some time in Melbourne or Sydney, wherever you land, or are you straight back to Snug? Uh, Well, that's a great question that I don't know if I can answer you. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I, I I will be spending some time. My brother lives in Melbourne, so I'll be there for, I don't know, a few days a week or something. Um 
and then back to Tasmania, and then that's the cut-off point where I can't tell you anything that happens after Welcome that. Welcome to my world. Daunting and exciting. <laughs> Believe time. me, I've been back now for a good three weeks, and I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing in a week's time. So, um, you know, you and I are on the same yeah. page. So, I mean, look, I, I, as, as much as I don't want you to come back because I'm completely jealous and the fact that you're traveling and you, I don't want anybody who's <laughs> experiencing that life to ever have to come back because it's amazing and it's you, you just want to keep doing it. Incredibly jealous. I, I do want you to come back in another way because... Because I'd love to get you back in studio. We miss your voice on Double Oz Seven. We miss your voice on the Oz Network, which you've never actually appeared on since we became the Oz Network. Um, and we kind of created it's like, oh yeah, like we'll, we'll Ben this time from Survivor Oz. We'll only keep like four original hosts because you know we like each other and we work well with each other. And only three of us have ever been on the air. And your name's like <laughs> tagged in all these episodes. <laughs> so all your fans out there, Noah Groves is on the latest like recap of Third Watch. Oh no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> That's my skill. I just take credit for other people's work. Um, You're still a part but... of the team, even though you haven't actually played a game. Yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to come back on in some capacity. Um, you're doing radio now or something? Uh, back or yeah, something? Yeah, high so, noon, uh, 12 to 2, to Fridays on Edge Radio. Uh, <laughs> Drop that plug in. Um, yeah, I would love to come back, uh, talk more. It's always fun to come into the studio. I like the atmosphere of that. Yeah. Well, Dakota's still plugging along. Uh, he's still 15. Oh, my best friend. Yes. Um, you know, so he's, he's still there. Uh, the time, day of recording this, he was in the studio today. So, uh, yay. But, uh, yeah, look, it's 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 time flies when you're having fun, obviously, as, as you know that. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be... It's it's a it's, it's a culture shock coming back. From, like, I mean, look, the longest I've ever been away from home oh, now is, like, me, nearly three months. And, I mean, that in itself coming back was, like, hard. And even recently, I was only away for, like, two months, essentially. And even then, it's still, like, a bit to get used to. But I think you'll find that you'll be back for, like, a week. And I don't want you to think about this. I'm just scaring you, but just don't. Because you'll be then sucked <laughs> into that Tasmanian vortex. You're like, oh, fuck, I've never left. <laughs> I mean, bless oh. Tasmania. Yay, we love Tasmania. But, like, it's, you know, it has a, has a habit of yeah, doing I mean, that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm terrified, Ben. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really scary. Uh, it's because uh, this is the first time that I haven't been at school since I was four. So I never took a gap year or anything like that. Didn't have any school holidays. Um, you just were constantly always at school. Well, yeah, of course, there's the <laughs> Christmas holidays. Day, you're in class. <laughs> Summer school, yeah, always, <laughs> always cramming. But no, there's holidays and that. But this is, I graduated in June. Um, Congratulations. And then there's Utah's graduation at some point. I don't know. I'm not going to that. I don't care. No, um, I don't want to dress They're going to send it to me in the mail. <laughs> no, no. Um, sorry, any Utah supporters listening? Um, but hey, <laughs> I, hey, I, 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 this is the first time that I haven't been at school, so that's terrifying in itself. But B is um, that I just again, this is going to be so freaking cliche, and I hate it. But uh, I've been away for a year, and I feel like I've changed so much. Um, mm-hmm. Just my perception of everything the world myself people around me everything things i want to do that it's kind of scary to go back into your old life i guess um you, yeah you're preaching you're preaching to a large <laughs> choir here believe me i know exactly and it, it, the thing that's interesting too is that and i don't want this to sound disrespectful to tasmania i mean look 
we have our differences, <laughs> Tasmania and I, but it will always be home. We, we love it at heart. Um, yeah. You will always be proud to be from Tasmania. But I guess when you go out and experience other places outside of Tasmania, you get a different perception, I find, of the place that you live in. Because it's like you realise how it's differently done in other places. And that's not always a good thing. Different doesn't always <laughs> mean good. But, like, you understand that Tasmania, on the grand scheme of things, has some issues. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't know how I'm trying to say that politely. I don't know why I'm trying to say it politely. We're not on edge radio. This is a podcast. We can say cunt on here. So, like, whatever. Tasmania's fucked sometimes. <laughs> Go out there and fix this shit. That's what I should really be saying. <laughs> I think uh, with Tasmania is, like, it's a special place. Yeah. But, um, special. I think... <laughs> to... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think to uh, truly appreciate it, you A, need to have come from there, and B, uh, you also need to have lived away from there to really appreciate uh, Tasmania. I agree. On the, the, it's just, it's such a rare place that we live, and it's hard to contextualize that for other people, the feeling of coming from a small kind of isolated place like that. Um, And it is home, but. There is just so much out there, which I've discovered over a year. So well, one thing, it's, it's a special place. One thing, um, Noah, this was uh, discussed. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you might have met Josh before. He's he's on this episode, but one of our founding fathers of the Brink and a very good friend of mine, he lives in uh, a town called Marimbula in the Bega Valley in New South Wales. And uh, we were having a sort of a talk. Sounds fun. It, it, it's, it's, it's a quaint little town. Uh, I've been there. It's, it's decent. Um, but we, he and I were having a bit of a discussion last night about maybe him coming down to, to visit Tassie. It's been a while. And, um, obviously you would be where you saw, I know, uh, off air, uh, some of the work I'd been doing on the upcoming Brink Only 7 film. Um, but we were kind of correlating in an idea that we could have. And this would be an idea for you as well, that you could possibly join us. And if he doesn't come down, this is maybe something you and I could do. Cause this helps yours and my travel bug. And also appreciates Tasmania. We were going to organise like the Brink Unleashed Eight to do like a week where we just do a lap of Tasmania, and we kind of have to give ourselves like random little challenges along the way. But like, I mean, when was the last time you would have seen some of these? Like, have you ever like travelled all the way around Tasmania and visited each corner? No, I've been to places, but I don't know if I've really been to the West all that much. Yeah, um, I've barely been so to yeah, the West. So, yeah, there's still a lot to explore. So, there you go. That's something that, we, um, that could alleviate yeah, our... Yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Like I mean, if, if if Josh, if you're listening, um, if you can't make it down here, Noah and I will do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, we're, we're, I'm literally I'm literally thinking, like, seven days, we have challenges where you've got to, like, would have to come up with pinpoints of the state. So, you say, like, okay, you have to go to the top right, the top left, as far south as you can, and but, like, you've got to do it in a time. It's almost like the amazing race. Like, you've got to set yourself challenges and, like, you know, goalposts and all that sort of stuff. So, there's an idea. And if Josh joins us, there's three of us. If he doesn't, you and I can do it, and bang, it would be fun. And let's get a sponsor for it so we also yes. get some money. We, yes, you, Taz, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, ignore everything that we said. You're <laughs> you awesome. You, you gave me a degree. Forget, forget comments <laughs> before. If, I'll come to the graduate. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get a degree, anybody can. That's a new slogan for, for you, Taz. 
it sounds like fun though. Yeah, yeah. we'll look, we'll we'll work it out. But uh, this is a teaser. Like, I mean, that's. I mean, it, it's it's not traveling from Serbia. No, to it's... Here <laughs> in but it's something. It's not the same crossing, you know, the north to the south uh, in Tasmania, uh, except for like your taste in beer. I swear, like you probably cross like a street in Campbelltown, and all of a sudden you start smelling <laughs> shit, and you're like, oh, near Launceston. Um, but <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, let's get doing it. You can pick me up from the airport. Done. I don't want to be staying around. Let's get on. <laughs> Welcome back to Tasmania. Fuck it, let's go. Seven days? No, one month. Yes. Let's do it. All right, done. Noah, it's fun having you back on here. And uh, yes, by all means, enjoy your final few weeks uh, traveling around and uh, onwards and upwards to the next adventure. We look forward to uh, maybe chatting to you in the next few weeks uh, along the way if you've, if you've got a spare five minutes when you're not being James Bond. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Time to press my favouritest button of the week. That time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Oh, forget the lyrics. Don't you just love it? You always get a smile on your face when you hear it. And you're going to get an even bigger smile on your face. Because we're going back to the year 2012. When myself and Tali sang the Carly Rae Jepsen classic, Call Me Maybe... I say classic because it's pretty much the only song she's ever had, and any Carly Rae Jepsen fans out there who can argue that she's had another song, I would uh, love to hear from you. But uh, yeah, this is Tally and I, maybe improving it, I don't actually know. Uh, call me maybe, let's hear this. I went to the restaurant, ordered a burger and some chips. I said to them, I'll pay this, and they said, we don't have it. I looked at them and said, what? You had it the other day. They said, not anymore, so please go away. I looked at them, I said, you are stupid now. Went down the street to the other restaurant. Hey, you just served me, and this is crazy. I want a burger, so give it to me, maybe. They told me, no, go back down the street. So give me my burger, and serve me, maybe. Hey, you just served me, and I am hungry. Give me a burger, please serve me, maybe. And the other restaurant, they're pretty bad now. When they give me a burger, they don't serve me how. to break it down and talk. The moral of this story, everybody, <laughs> inspirational speech in the middle, is that sometimes you can't get a 14-year-old to give you what you want. Hey, I just ordered, and this is stupid, and I really hate you, because old people could have your job. <laughs> I don't know, just, I'm saying, don't be ageist people out there. Give the job up. Hey, I'm ready. Please, please, stop. No, I'm going to keep going. Okay. And all the other places, they try to tempt me, but I just want my burger. So give it to me. No, maybe. I will say for Tali that she was very talented in that department and uh, miss her voice on the show, but of course she's gone on to bigger and better things. But uh, yeah, we will have to play a few more of those, I feel, over the coming weeks. Uh, the Tali ones, at least. <laughs> 
another part of the show to hear about another part of the world, and it's everybody's favourite part of the world because it involves everybody's favourite Canadian. He's still holding that title even more so than Wayne Gretzky and Justin Trudeau. It's Colin Hilding. Hello, Colin. Welcome back. Uh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, thrilled to be talking to you and not watching the opening ceremonies of the Canada Games, which is taking place five minute drive from my house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got to touch on this. The Canada Games, which, I mean, it's just the Olympics for Canadians. Um, basically, exactly. is, is this because Canada's not too good at the Summer Olympics, so they have to create something to make <laughs> them win medals? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Canada, number one on the medals! <laughs> Again, and this is in Winnipeg. Obviously, this is in Winnipeg. So, the, I mean, okay. Yeah. All, serious, all jokes aside, it's what like a quadrennial event where Canadians come together and play sport. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean the same as the Olympics or Commonwealth Games or Pan Am Games. I mean, it's every four years. Uh, this is a big one for a few reasons. One, it's in my hometown. Uh, <laughs> That's the, that's what the draw is for people. Come see Colin Hilding. Come see Colin Hilding. That's seen on the brink. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, there's uh, a few reasons. One, you know, this is Canada's 150th birthday this year. So kind of celebrate everything Canada. So let's all compete against each other. And then the other thing is that, I mean, it's the 50th anniversary of the Canada Games itself, uh, which I guess started uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> 50 years ago with my math 40 <laughs> if you listen to our other shows uh so a few reasons it's big and also you know winnipeg is i just found out tonight the biggest city that they've ever held this in they usually go for smaller smaller cities other than winnipeg which is probably about 750 800 population which is interesting because I'm, I'm looking here at um previous hosts of the uh steamed canada games uh Halifax. I've heard of Halifax before. I've heard of London, Ontario before. Regina or Regina, whatever you want to say. Um, But such great places as Kamloops, British Columbia. um, Yeah. Summerside and Charlottetown on Prince Edward Island. Um, And my favourite, Brandon in Manitoba. He was alright on uh, Survivor Africa. Uh, (laughs) We we don't like Brandon in Manitoba, I'm guessing. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's the second biggest city in Manitoba. Uh, Winnipeg's the biggest, and of course, we're the best. Right. It's kind of like you know your your competition with Snug. Well, of course, yeah, we hate we hate <laughs> Snug. But I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Canada Games. It's it's then about the provinces battling each other rather than yeah. you know Canada. You just so like who's leading the medal tally? It's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the Canadian way to do it. Everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how does Manitoba generally go in the grand scheme of things in the Canada Games? Um, I think it's mostly Ontario, Quebec, like everything else. Um, it, it, it's it's really tough to tell even going into Canada Games, you know, who's going to be on top. Because with all the different sports that people compete in, they all have sort of different age limits, with the oldest being really 21 years old. So the athletes you're getting for the Canada Games are generally ones who haven't really competed anywhere else before and are brand new i mean the flag bearer for manitoba she's a rower and i think she only started rowing two years ago when she was in high school she's like 19 now and really only competed uh you know even nationally or internationally within the last year so you're not seeing people that you're that familiar with it's newer athletes and uh, once you've gone on and competed in the Olympics, you can't really come back to the Canada Games. So we're not going to get Penny Alexiak here in Winnipeg. Well, well, I was going to say, she's obviously at the, the World Swimming Champs right now, obviously, yeah. anyway, uh, which I want to bring yeah, up. Yeah, I guess 
Tata. You're going to choose, do you want to compete uh, against the rest of the world, or do you want to compete against Nunavut? Yeah. You know? It's an obvious choice. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, I, I hear those Nunavut people are pretty bastards. You've got to beat them in rivalry, you know? I mean, you know, you've got to stick, <laughs> stick to your guns there. Um, I'm just I'm just looking here quickly at the overall medal tally in the history of the uh, the Canada Games, and poor old Manitoba's at sixth uh, behind oh, I was Saskatchewan. Oh, top five. No, no, oh. you're behind Saskatchewan. Alberta, that's a province apparently. Your prime minister doesn't realise that. Uh, British Columbia, <laughs> Quebec, and Ontario uh, on top. Uh, I love the fact that Nanavut has uh, only ever won one bronze in the history of the Canada Games. <laughs> well, and in all fairness, I think they only became a territory like not even 20 years ago. So they've only had a few chances to compete. And th- there are 13 provinces and territory, like the only 13. So all of your provinces have won at least one medal, that means. So uh, mm-hmm. even the good old Northwest Territories have won a total of 20 medals. Uh, my favourite, Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, much better than that other rival uh, province of Golden Retriever. Uh, 16 gold, 38 <laughs> silver. <laughs> Is that offensive to, like, I just have to say, No, it's not offensive. It's just we take for granted, you know, it's probably the same thing there. We take for granted what our cities or provinces are named, and it's just <laughs> normal for us so when other people kind of make fun of it we're like oh i guess that is kind of stupid <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess flin flon isn't a very cool name to live <laughs> yukon just reminds me i don't know if you ever read calvin and Hobbes, but there was a big storyline of when uh calvin wanted to run away uh and move to the yukon and i never heard of it at that point i was very young um so like yukon just reminds me of a, a comic um but I mean, I, I think you and I have talked about this before, maybe on uh, Off the Podium, now available via iTunes, uh, <laughs> that, like, if they ever did an Australia Games, you know, because we've only got, like, six ter- six states and two territories, so there'd only be, like, eight on our medal tally. But, uh, you know, Tasmania probably just wouldn't... We, we would be the Nenevit of the <laughs> Australia Games. It would just be dominated <laughs> by New South Wales and Victoria, and we're just, like, hovering out, we want to win a bronze medal! Um, but... I mean, look, we, we, I think Australia kind of, we're satisfied with uh, the Olympics, even though we suck at it, uh, you know, at least last year. Commonwealth Games, obviously. And we actually, I think there's a, I think it's like a Pacific Games. And we were recently invited to them. I think there was some last year. It's kind of just all the Pacific Island countries. And generally, we don't get invited because, like, we would beat Samoa and Fiji because they generally suck at sport. Uh, so it's kind of like their way of, like, hey, we can win medals, like your Canada Games. But I think we were invited to select sports last year. And, like, we only pro- probably, like, your can- the Canada Games, like, you only send, like, you know, B-list athletes. And I still think we, like, I don't think we won the game. I wouldn't have a clue. It wasn't even publicised here. <laughs> but I-, I kind of paid a little bit of attention to it. But I would love to see an Australia Games. I think we need to make this happen. Let's p- put me in contact with the Canada Games organising committee and they can help us out. Yeah, we'll get some Canadians to plan some good uh, snowshoeing sports for you. <laughs> well, I actually learnt that maple, um, I was reading about the Commonwealth Games this week and the fact that at one stage there was a Commonwealth Winter Games. Now, like, I'm looking at the map of the Commonwealth and I would say Canada is the only country there that would want that to happen. <laughs> well, because I remember, I think the last time Canada had it was like 1994 or something. Victoria, yeah. Yeah, and it was probably the first time I was ever aware of what the Commonwealth Games were. And I remember watching on TV and thinking it was like the Olympics. I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get it again soon because they'll have lots of, like, winter games. At this time, I assumed we do have winter games. Canada's going to be there all the time. And, of course, we've never had it since. Yeah, well, I think I was reading that uh, Delhi nearly tried to do one for 2010. But, you know, but I actually, on the Commonwealth Games, I've I've always been baffled as to why Canada haven't had it since 94. But, actually, you guys um, had the record for most 
cities that had held the Commonwealth Games, Australia are equaling that with having the Gold Coast next year. So, like, you have held them a lot. But now that uh, Durban got them taken away for 2022, I think uh, Victoria is one of the front runners to possibly yeah. be in the running for it again. Uh, and I think Edmonton won it too, but that's Edmonton. But uh, just, just on a side note, we're talking about the World Swimming Championships. Um, you know, obviously this is the pride of Australia when it comes to like the, the Olympics. You know, this is our sport that we do well. And as you would have discovered doing off the podium with us last year, we didn't do too well what we usually do. Uh, but all week, all we keep getting in the media is just how bad we're doing at the World Champs this year. I'm looking at the medal tally at the time of recording this. We have the same amount of gold medals as Canada does at the World Swimming Champ. Oh. We literally have won one gold medal. France have won five gold medals at the Swimming Champ. Fucking Britain. They don't swim. <laughs> uh, they've won five gold medals. What is going on? Australia Wait legitimately suck this year at the World Swimming Championships. <laughs> How does Nunavut have four? Yeah. This is impressive. <laughs> and, and the thing uh, is, and the thing is, our only gold because it's obviously the aquatics championships, not the swimming. Our only gold is coming diving. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even won a gold in swimming. What the fuck? You have Kylie Massey you know, won was... a gold in the bra- yeah. wow. And set a record with it too, which is amazing. Um, wow! I, I mean, it's it's surprising for us because I think there was so much hype with Penny Alexiak during the Olympics. Everybody expected it to be her, and you know, she she didn't do terrible, but she wasn't really up to where her Olympic performance was. But that was nothing compared to watching good old Mac Horton uh, last <laughs> week. <laughs> I think he sunk. And watching that race, you know, I was with my. Sometimes, you know, my baby's like uh, just over a year old. He gets fussy he doesn't really love watching tv but sometimes you're gonna watch it and he was watching the swimming which that's one of the things that catches the attention and i was asking him who are we gonna cheer for and all the swimmers are coming up and i'm like uh and and he was kind of responding like you know every once in a while you talk to a kid and they'll just make a noise talking back at you because they don't know what to say I'm like oh we're gonna cheer for this guy huh <laughs> this one huh this one huh and i'm like mac horton and dead silence <laughs> and i kept pushing them the entire time i'm like i think we'll cheer for good old mac and then he's saying nothing the whole time and well look what happened to mac horton yeah yep and he got beaten by sun young which even makes it worse but um yeah anyway we, we i think australia just quits at swimming we'll stick to our uh, you know our, our alpine sports or the, the the freestyle skiing ones at the olympics next year probably do better uh just quickly before i let you go colin uh i want to i mentioned to you just before we started recording uh one of our uh, long-term friends in the podcasting world uh linda forward slash olsen she got married um she was tweeting during the week she's been watching the amazing race canada you can download the amazing race canada recaps on the oz network now available um and she was saying that her husband steve can't watch the amazing race canada because he doesn't understand what the canadians are saying <laughs> it's like steve doesn't understand what canadians are talking about or something i'm like i'm like really does steve speak english <laughs> like canadians are generally and so like, oh but the people well, from like you know the territories who have like the real thick canadian accent and i'm like but you can yeah. understand them there is one team on the Amazing Race Canada, and they're probably my favorite team on there. Um, they're, they're, like, from Quebec, but they have kind of a very odd combination of a French. It's not like your obvious French-Canadian accent. It, it's it's almost more English than it is French, and it just sounds unusual, and, and we're covering it on the Oz Network via <laughs> iTunes. Uh, Rossi, my co-host on there, even he was like, what is their accent? And I'm like, i got to be honest with you, even I don't know. Like, I can understand <laughs> them, but I'm like, yeah, they... they I guess some Canadians do sound weird. That's the weird thing about Canada, you know, without getting completely sidetracked here. I remember, you know, saying this many times before when people would bring up Canadian accent. I'm like, 
the stereotype of the Canadian accent is basically like very East Coast, like the Maritimes, Prince Edward Island or New Brunswick. And when people imitate Canadian accents, that's what it is for us, which is such a it's it's like us assuming that you're from New York. Howdy, partner. I'm from New York City. You know, <laughs> that's kind of the way it sounds to us Canadians. But like places in America, you're going to get different accents everywhere you go in Canada. So even watching The Amazing Race Canada, even every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, they kind of sound a little funny, I guess. Whereas in Australia, we're just that beautiful country where you can't tell if I'm from Tasmania or Queensland. The only difference is I've got another head and Queensland is a tanned. So, uh, I mean, that's generally how it works. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Linda. Uh, there you go. It's been explained. Steve, you may be, you know, not whatever. Um, Colin, it's always fun. Uh, thank you and hopefully uh, go Canada in the Canada Games. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Canada and I'm currently rooting for Justin Trudeau to not split his pants as he bends over to shake all the people's hands because those pants are oh, way too tight. Well, hang on, he's bending over. And, well, there's definitely going to be a breaking news story in Australian uh, media in the yeah, coming we know days. You'll Justin Trudeau's ass at the Canada <laughs> Games. So thanks for that image. I'm Googling that now. Currently sitting in the uh, David Boone stand at Blunston Arena. It's the football match between the Melbourne Demons and the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Found uh, former co-host extraordinaire, the main man, Samuel McCrossan. Hello, Sam. Hello, Benjamin. It's good to be here. It is. It's very exciting. We're currently 14 minutes into the final quarter. The uh, Kangas are up by five, and he could be a goal here to Melbourne. And oh, it's quite. It's, it's a close game, and that was on the full. Never mind. Uh, who are you going for? You're going for Melbourne? Uh, I'm going for Melbourne. Normally, I'd go for North Melbourne, Ben, but today I'm going for Melbourne because it's bad for a couple of... Um, the teams that I hate if they win. Yes. Oh, hang on. We've just had a big mark here by number 25 of Melbourne. Who, do you know who that is, Sam? Or Oh, Tom McDonald, Ben. Oh. So old Tommy McDonald could have a goal here. D-I-E-I-O. What are, you, what are your chances? Are you going to say he'll kick this? He's directly in front, about 30 metres out. Yes, he'll be 15 metres out by the time he kicks it. He's coming in now, McDonald. He lumps it straight through the middle. And the D's are hit the front, Sammy boy. That's right, Ben. Haven't been in front much today, the D's, but here they come, steaming home. That's to say, it's bloody freezing right now. <laughs> the wind coming towards us here is uh, it's a bit nippy, but uh, it's a good crowd, good atmosphere, lots of uh, different supporters from different clubs. I haven't seen a cat supporter, though, Sam. Have you seen any cat supporters? Actually, yes, I have, and so have you, Ben. Um, our friend Stewie that, was, uh, that we saw at halftime. You're right. He's, uh, he's wearing a Geelong Cats hat. I will take that back, yes, but I uh, saw a GWS supporter. Uh, multiple Carlton supporters, very intelligent people, and sadly your usual rot of the Hawthorne supporters. Rot, rot, rot. You didn't, you didn't wear your Cats gear though, Sam? No, I didn't. I decided against it today. No. Didn't think it was a classy enough crowd, even though we've got Melbourne supporters. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yes, no. So I didn't go with it. I didn't go with my Cats jacket today. I just went with a plain black jacket. Now, now, how many games have you been to here at Blunston? Do you like coming to watch footy here? Mm, kind of. I like, I, huh, funnily enough, ironically perhaps, oh! I prefer going to Launceston to watch oh, it. Oh, that's, that's, that's offensive. I know. I just like the ground better up there. Really? I'm, I'm not a fan of... Uh of York Park, but I, I, it's it's interesting for football here for me. Um, I think the Guild needs to go, and I think that they need to just make this a circular stadium. Well, it is, I guess. It's a, that's why it's a stadium. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to a few of these. It's, you know, it's just, it always baffles me that North Melbourne has supporters. Well, it does, it does. But, um, 
Yes, no, I like the ground in Launceston, but I do like going on our road trips up there. That is much fun. Well, I, I agree, and wh- one thing actually that we're, we're looking at loosely planning here, Sam, and I was, was going to invite you along to it, but I, I don't know in terms of your uh, availability that it might be a bit of an issue for you, given you're about to venture off uh, to Japan and Malaysia, but looking at uh, loosely planning a week-long road trip around Tasmania called the Brink Unleashed 8, followed by a lot of little uh, side challenges, trying to get Josh to come down and Noah when he's back and just have a bit of fun with it. So if you can spare a week at some point, you're welcome to join us. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind, Ben. Well, I mean, the, the fun and, the, you know, go to Launceston and you don't have to go there for football. You can just go there and make fun of the, the people up there who drink shit beer. Oh, beer. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. No, I'd be up for it if there was beer involved. Well, how, long, how long now till you leave, by the way, until you head off overseas? Okay, well, uh, I think it's 57 days now. Not counting at all, are you? Uh, no, I'm not counting, no. That was just completely off the top of my head. Now, I've got a checklist. I tick off a day each each day, each morning. I tick another one off. And you're looking forward to it? I am, yes. I'm going to Singapore, then our, our old stomping ground in, in Malaysia. You're going to the last ever Malaysian Grand Prix. I'm slightly jealous. Yes, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Then we're off to Japan for the Japanese Grand Prix and then home. So, so you fly back from Tokyo back to Melbourne or Sydney, is it, or somewhere else in Japan? Um, fly back from Tokyo to Melbourne. Right. So, so, so where, Suzuka, is that close to Tokyo? Is that where you've got to go to to go to Suzuka? No, no, flying to Osaka. Ah, right. Yes, which is a city in the southernish part of Japan. And then heading up to Tokyo. Heading up to Tokyo after the race. Check out that. Um, show the Tokyo... Tokyoanese uh, what I'm all about and uh, then come home. The Tokyoanese not the Japanese, the Tokyoanese What do you call a Tokyoan? A Tokyoanite. I wouldn't have a clue Well, I don't know. I mean you've got Hobartians, Milburnians Dickhead, they're just from Launceston Sydney, Sydney Cider Sydney Cider yeah. Bris Vegas what do you call Brisbane people? I think they just call themselves Brisbane Vegas. I don't know what they call themselves as a, a plural, I guess. Uh, Brisbaneans. Brisbaneian, perhaps. Adelaideans. Adelaide, yeah, yeah. Perthians. They're just knobs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sheep shaggers. Uh, North Melbourne look like they might kick a goal here. One point in it still. The North Melbourneians. North, <laughs> they're, they're just the missing people. They're the who? We're, the what? I think we'll stay with you, see if they can go, but uh, there's probably, what, about 10 minutes to go, you'd say? Yes, well, well, so, well we're at the 19-minute mark, so we'd be expecting about 11 or 12 minutes from here, I reckon, Ben. Oh, the Kang gets to kick this goal to take a five-point lead, and he's got it. Oh. Wow. They've reversed it, Ben, they've reversed it, as in they've reversed um, the lead. There's a changed lead, um, they've reversed it. You so, might call it a reverse Kanga. Well, thank you for taking my punchline, Ben. I, Sorry. I, I, should, I should job you for that. Thanks for that. I thought I was expecting you to say it, but you didn't. So I apologise, Sam. Would you, like, would you like me to pretend I never said that and you can go for it again? No, no, you've got to me now, Ben. No, no, I, I don't want any part of it. And, oh, hey, you know, you know in the past where we've seen uh, games of North Melbourne on television... Uh, down here in Hobart, and that guy with the massive afro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just seen him, Ben. He's right down there. Can you see him? Um, where, where am I looking here, Sam? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, I do, actually. Yes, wow. It's Sideshow Bob. I know. That, that is impressive. 
Um, he'll be on the highlights tonight, no doubt. Yep. I think he's got number 60 on him. Hang on, Jeffy Garlett might kick a goal here. This will be on the highlights if he gets it. No, he's, he's lost it. All right, never mind. Uh, North Melbourne, Cooter just kicked it out in the four deliberate. No, he didn't. Never mind. Oh, gee, that was a hit and a half. Yeah, that afro, that is uh, that is a hairstyle. It sure is. Um, he'd need a very big hat to uh, <laughs> to get that to get that under wraps. I couldn't imagine what the hair is like in other parts of his body if that's what it's like in his head. Uh, Probably another story. Uh, Sam, always a pleasure. Uh, apologies to still your punchline. But, uh, go, go D's. Go, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that upsets me, and I take that personally. That punchline thing. Well, you should, you should punch me in the line or something. Like, I don't know. That, that was a bad punch. So this is why I don't steal. This is why I steal yours because I can't come up with original ones of my own. So, yes. Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying I, I know. I no longer wish to engage with you any further. Well, actually, one thing I have to say though, Sam, and at the time people hear this, they would know the result. But our sort of ongoing bet in terms of like hosting the show and their teams playing each other, that we've got to sing the other song. You've never sung the blues song because I think the only time we've ever beaten you recently, we weren't doing the radio last year. So are you still on for that bet that if Carlton win, you've got to sing the Carlton song in the future? Yeah, no, you're on. You're All right, on. done. Otherwise, I have to sing the bloody Geelong song. All right. Thank you, Sam. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for having me. Time to bring it all to a close. A Brinkalicious episode heard from a lot of people today, and I'm sure you've enjoyed every single minute of it. And you're also going to enjoy every single minute of the Brink Unleashed 7. That is right. Your favouritest film franchise in the world that isn't a Marvel film, probably, uh, is coming back. And, of course, we now have release dates for the film and the trailers. Now, the very first trailer, which I'm actually going to play for you, uh, sort of, here, at least audio-wise... He's coming out this Wednesday, the 2nd of August, and uh, we'll play that for you, uh, the audio of it, in just a moment. But uh, we will be releasing a total of three trailers. The second trailer will be out on August the 6th, so you actually get two trailers for your buck this week. Um, And also, the third trailer comes out on August the 10th. The full film will be released on August the 14th, so you've got about two weeks to get yourself prepared and ready for the latest Brink Unleashed film in the franchise. And uh, I have to say... Probably the best one yet, and I'm not just saying that so you can watch it, I'm saying that because I mean it. But let's let's play the audio from the first trailer, which is set to be released Wednesday. You can hear it for the very first time here on The Brink. Let's hear this. survivor people looking like this let's make this Monday a fun day America, what is this? 
doesn't it just get you excited? Don't you wish you could see the images that were being shown on the screen with that epic music that's playing in the background? So uh, stay tuned to our Facebook page. That will be up on Wednesday. And, of course, our YouTube channel as well. Best way to subscribe to that there. But uh, we've been closing out each of these episodes recently with a bit of a mix of music and some classic moments. We do every year an in-the-mix montage of some of the best moments of the Brink 2 music. And this week we are playing for you 2009 in the mix. Some great moments happening in 2009. And this happens to be one of my very favourite montages of all of our years that we've had this show out there on air. So hope you enjoy it. Thank you for your company and everybody who's joined us on the show today. Until next week, Hobart, please... Do keep sucking those oranges and a good night. What's the one question to constant between you and I? When are we bringing the Olympics to Hobart? Well, pretty close. They know it's in 2020, but what's happening with it? <laughs> they're young. <laughs> By the time they're 70, they won't even remember you, what they did five minutes ago. You don't ago. end up having that much free time. Oh, uh, I... I... <laughs> Oh, how do we get here? This just shows the kiddies that hard work and slogging it out to be a celebrity gives you results. Whereas this chick-chick-boom girl, in a year's time, you'll be like, Who? What? What? Joe? What? Because I've never done it before! We're going to do Forget the Lyrics in just a second, but it feels nice, actually. I like, I love rubbing my head. I've always wanted that feeling of rubbing my head and just going, oh, you're bald. And I've done it now, and it it sort of feels weird having these headphones on, actually, because I'm used to it being propped up with hair, and now it just feels odd. Get out of the water, all, like, Baywatch-style, like, throwing the hair back, the water's going out. The glasses are on there, aren't they? Yep. (laughs) Hard to jiggle <laughs> Here at the Brink, we're, we're world-renowned for getting the, the guests in. Mark Weather, Stephen Bradbury, Casey Burgess, David, Foster, Jane Savile, Lauren Brandt, and Nick McKing, Mr. Tim Franklin, Mr. David Bartlett. Happy birthday, Mum. Oh, It's my mum's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. We'll get out and sing happy birthday. Man. No, no, we have to pay like 10 cents, I think, don't we, every time happy oh. birthday's played? <laughs> Seriously, I could end up seeing this thing as like a cardboard cutout cartoon just like South Park. Oh, I've heard. I've heard rumours. I've heard rumours. They're there. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. That's the hard thing with this one. A live kitten or watching Grey's Anatomy? I mean, you. Number three, he couldn't get the wrinkles out of his birthday suit. Gross. I see it every Friday and it's gross. Walked up to her and started talking to her. She signed an autograph. No word of a lie. She wrote, to Ben, please explain. And then she signed Pauline Hanson. And then she asked me, I, I said, oh, you know, I remember seeing that interview. And she said to me, she's like, would you have known what xenophobic meant? Which is the question that she got asked on 60 Minutes. She was asked, are you xenophobic? What's xenophobic? Yeah, it you means did. you're afraid of people from other cultures and other countries. I thought it was so you're afraid of Nick Xenophon. No. Cue <laughs> <laughs> laughter, cue laughter. Tell you what, in 2020 for the Hobart Olympics, we'll guarantee you a gold medal. We'll make sure no judges are near the stadium when you're coming that way. We'll make sure all the other competitors are disqualified and we will guarantee you Olympic gold. How does that sound? Well, if you can guarantee it, then I will definitely make I'll only be, what, 20, 20, I'll only be 45. Oh, look, you don't oh, even have to I'll race be war. Spring chicken, yeah. Gee, I'll be five. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a league fan and I cannot stand right you. <laughs> the life of me. I was I was at work last Saturday. Who I, one of the guys I work with is an avid Union fan, and I'm an avid League fan. And it, it, no, don't work. Where is this president trained? He just zones in on this fly, and 
you know. Bangs. Squeezes it. And he still has to he still has to go to his, you know, secretary or whoever's behind the camera there going, Did you see that? You're bang, bang. It's just like when you go on fishing or hunting, you're like you kill something, you're like, hey mate, look at that. Look what I just did. <laughs> I killed it. Yeah, I killed it. Don't you actually have to have summer? Have summer <laughs> well, that's true. This is the thing. We'd probably be more of a chance at the Winter Games, you know, because it's nice and cold even in summer. That probably sells itself then. Yeah. Oh, it well, does. Go to the restaurant for the lose. It does. I, I once had a, a cabbage thing. It was like a cabbage leaf with this mint stuff in it. It was really nice. For me, well. Yeah. I was about to say, Josh, that was like the most randomest thing you could ever come up with. <laughs> Where are you talking about? Toilets? You're just going, you know what? I had, I had cabbage... Did it? Oh, segue was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Are we done here? Are we done here? You can go. Go, Josh. Go on. No, I'm just go like, on. Get out of here. Shut up. <laughs> what did New Zealander say? I don't know. <laughs> J.K. Rowling didn't make Harry Potter sparkle in the sun with his little wand and go, look at me, I'm a fairy wizard. No, they stuck the source material as a wizard with a nice wand and evil. Till next week, Hobart. Please uh, do keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges. Bye, Hobart! Do keep sucking those oranges. And go through Ben's wallet. Do keep sucking those oranges. Do keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges. And good night.